The Giants did their part, ending the season strong, but unfortunately for Joe Judge and company, Doug Peterson gave up on his team Sunday night. We dive into the Giants' win over the Cowboys and the ugly Washington Eagles game that decided the NFC East. All that, plus Tynes take next on a flipping the bird at you, Doug Peterson edition of Blue Rush from the New York Post. Welcome back to Blue Rush, our Giants podcast from the New York Post and a somber edition of the show today as the Giants season comes to an end. We will bring you a special finale episode, a season two of the Blue Rush podcast finale. We'll come at you on Thursday with a very special guest. Lawrence Tynes, Paul Schwartz, Jake Brown, Sarah McCroy, we're all here to console with you guys. And, and I'll hand it off to you on this is that. You know, the Giants took care of the business. We said this, if the Giants win, you're happy no matter what happens in the Washington game. And there's there's a two-fold part of this, guys. You're happy the Giants won, 6-10, and 10, closed the season strong, beat the Cowboys, end their season. But there's also the side of Doug Peterson gave up on the Philadelphia Eagles Sunday night, pulling Jalen Hurts in a 17-14 game, not taking a field goal, throwing the game away in what could have been the Giants' playoff hopes right there. And then, and Giants fans are pissed off, and rightfully so. It's nice what the Giants did, but it is also super frustrating that it had to end that way in non-competitive fashion and a team clearly tanking to move up a couple extra picks by putting in a backup quarterback that might be the worst in the league. Lawrence, the Eagles and Doug Peterson did not owe the Giants squat, okay? But did Doug Peterson owe the Eagles more than he showed them Sunday night? Uh, do you own an Eagles hat? And if so, did you burn it watching that game? Uh, yeah, I don't own any Eagles hat, jersey, anything. I wish I did. I probably would have, to your point, thrown it in the fire last night. Uh, <laughs> the Eagles organization owed America a competitive game. And and really, like I said last night on Twitter, if Jalen Hurts throws a pick at the end of the game or somebody misses a kick or something bad happens. We can all live with that and say, you know what? The Washington football team deserved to win. But I believe that, you know, they could have lost either way. But not putting your best foot forward, in my opinion, ruins the integrity of the game. I won't go all in on Doug Peterson on this. I really think decisions like this, and they won't never be made public, come from way above his head. I don't know. But, you know, to the eye test last night, it looks like everyone's venom is pointed towards Doug Peterson because Sudfeld got to play. I mean, that kid was horrible. My God. I don't truly believe that that decision was solely his. Well, it's interesting you use the word solely. Doug Peterson said after the game, it was my decision solely. Okay, now here's, here's, now look, you can believe that or not believe it. I'm not saying you're wrong. You know, we all know guys say things for public consumption and behind the scenes, that's not reality. Let's look at this. Doug Peterson told the NBC crew, I want to get Nate Sudfeld in the game if the situation warrants it. Okay, so he told them that before the game, you know, that, that look out, you know, I, I'd like to play this kid. He's been here for a number of years. He's a free agent. You know, it'd be good to get him. Yeah, in he game. sucks too, by the way. All of America kind of. Yeah. That's been confirmed to all of America in this game uh, that we saw. But, okay, so when it's 10 nothing Washington, I'm thinking to myself, the Eagles going to roll over here. The Eagles have nothing to play for. They're not going to play well. Let's not, let's not forget, the Eagles are also really bad. I mean, they won four games this year. Yeah. So, so it's not like they can just say, 
oh, we're going to try to win the game and we're going to have a really good game here. So I thought they were going to roll over. Uh, they did not. They played much better and harder, even though they had a lot of guys out. Jalen Hurts was seven for 20 passing for 72 yards after three quarters. He did run for two touchdowns. So yeah, but something smells rotten here because you don't put the guy that you want to get in the game if the situation warrants it and to start of the fourth quarter of a game you're losing by three points. Now, I don't think Doug Peterson is saying screw the Giants. I'd rather have Washington win it. But yeah. did you see what Jalen Hurts mouthed when he was on the bench? Did you I see did. I did see that. This is well, not right or something not, like that. It's, not, it's right. not right. It's not right. So I think Doug Peterson, the Giants are going to be pissed at him, and they're going to have to take that up next year the first time they play them. And if, and if the oh, – uh, It has yeah. to be – it has to be week one. It has to be Sunday night football – Week one in the Meadowlands, not in Philadelphia. This has to be a home game for the New York Giants against the Eagles. To hell with that Dallas game that we played the last five or six years open in the season. It has to be against them. I know. I love how you piece together other stories because I, I don't really think like that. You're a writer. But now that I think about what I read last week, I mean, even Jim Schwartz said, well, this is a no-hat type of game. Maybe they weren't in the loop and maybe only the head coach was. He has reasons financially to say to do what the owner wants otherwise he's gone i almost thought last night he was trying to get fired it kind of looked so blatant and in our face that the carson wentz thing has reared its ugly head he doesn't have a winning team they're in cap hell i think they're 20 30 million dollars over next year's cap i mean philadelphia is going to be bad for the next couple of seasons well don't forget doug peterson is the one who he won a super bowl and he totally went all in on carson wentz okay yeah. carson wentz is going to cost them what 35 million dollars on the cap next year so you know doug peterson created this you know i know Paul banks on twitter after the game was saying you know, maybe this guy's trying to get fired as as what you said the only thing i I can think of here is that look they went from nine to six in the draft right now that which, that's the, which is it, nothing. It, it, well it's not nothing you know why it's it's not nothing if maybe he's angling for even another quarterback maybe he says look Wentz we got to get rid of Wentz Jalen Hurts I saw he's okay but I need somebody else in yeah. here and now at six we can maybe move up to three from six instead of nine I mean I don't know you know all I know is the Philadelphia Daily News back page was Nate crime Okay, (laughs) that's actually really smart. But Paul, you know this: one player does not turn your your team into a Super Bowl contender. And 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 I think the biggest thing he's created there, and what the outside perception of the Eagles is from former players, fans, and writers, is they have a very bad culture there right now. That is a fractured environment. Um, I saw Kelsey's comments after the game. He was talking to Doug Peterson without saying Doug Peterson's name. And Doug and Jason Kelsey and Ertz and Brandon Graham, those veteran-type players, those are the kind of players that can speak up against what happened yesterday because those are three dogs, right? If we want to call them, we all respect those three guys. I just think that their culture right now is beyond repair with Doug Peterson as their head coach because unless he comes out and tells all these players, I was directed by ownership to do that, the players are going to think, well, Doug, you're a coward. I'm out there risking limb and injury and putting it on the line, and you've asked me to play with injuries, and you didn't give two shits about me or my teammates. Let's go lose the game for a draft pick. That's what they're thinking. I couldn't play for that guy. I couldn't look him in the face. This is a family podcast, Lawrence, but that's okay. That's okay. Jake, we've got, Jake, we've got yeah, beat buttons. No, yeah. no, look, that's fine. Jake and Sarah are great. They can, they can, they can make us sound good or sound bad. They'll they'll figure something out with that. Um, I've heard that word once or twice before, so it's okay. okay. The big thing on 
Doug Peterson now is now when he goes back and talks to Jalen Hurts. Mm. Jalen Hurts was not happy. If this is his franchise quarterback, uh, th- there's a disconnect there right now that has to be repaired. There's already a disconnect with Carson Wentz, who wants out. Number two, I don't know. Do you remember Seth Joyner? He was a great Eagles linebacker. Okay. I, I know what you're talking about. I saw it. Yep. He, he said after the game on Philly's postgame show, I've never been more ashamed to be associated with the Philadelphia Eagles than I am tonight. Okay. That would be the same as Carl Banks or Harry Carson saying that exact line. That is what Seth Joyner, who did not win a Super Bowl with the Eagles, because as we know, they never won a Super Bowl until a few years ago, but yeah. he is beloved in Philly. He was a great player so that would be the same thing if Carl Banks or Harry Carson said I've never been more ashamed to be associated with the New York Giants after something that would resonate with people it would it really wouldn't Seth Joyner is a great player I think and you know Jalen Hurts I've only seen him in bits and pieces I like him and he's a good player I just I just don't know and just watching him if he's the future I, I I think he could be, but he's he's nowhere in Russell Wilson's league, like in terms of arm strength and seeing the field. Maybe he can learn that. But he is a winner, and I really do like his game, and I love his competitiveness. Maybe they are looking for a quarterback at six. They may need one. But what you what you said, Tynes, is you don't know that he's the future or not. So you need to see that. And in a Week 17 game where you can knock a team out of the playoffs, this is your chance on a big stage to see if he's that guy. And they didn't give him the shot. And they said a third-string quarterback needed to play. Why? Why did Sudfeld have to play? There's no reason. Oh, it's the final game of the season. Let's play him. He's a free agent who's a third-string quarterback who has no role. So, I mean, the whole thing, A to Z, didn't make any sense. Yeah. After he threw a pick and then fumbled the the next snap, it was like, okay, maybe we put Jalen back in. But, you know, you could tell Jalen Hurts was disgusted with what was going on and what happened, and Kelsey and some of those other guys. They have to live with this. It's just a, you know, a bad mark on that organization for the next couple of years. All right. We're done with Eagles. uh, Eagles. fly podcast now okay let's let's we'll move on look let the eagles figure out their mess right now okay they Um, have a mess the giants were not a mess sunday and um lawrence we talked uh, last week that that look the giants needed to win the game they needed to beat the cowboys Uh, earlier in the year they broke a eight game losing streak to the eagles they brought in a seven game losing streak to the cowboys this was important and the giants and their fans would feel good if they beat the cowboys and then whatever happens and look i give the giants credit the giants look they were all ticked off on twitter we can get into that watching that game you know eli manning going off uh uh guys <laughs> yeah. you know eli was great this is why we don't like the eagles uh you know that that that's natural watching the eagles you know go in the tank there but uh, the Giants, after they beat the Cowboys, were not saying things like, if we don't get in the playoffs, you know, they know they're 6-10. and 10. Logan Ryan did say, I think we're the best team in the division and we deserve to get in the playoffs. Now, the best team in the division, you can argue, deserve. No, 6-10, and 10, you don't deserve it. If you got in, it would have been historic. But how important, you wore that blue uniform, right? How important was beating the Cowboys in the last game of the season for what this judge program has going forward? It was very, very important, and like you mentioned, we talked about it on the show. I, I just think going out on a winning note, finishing 6-10 and 10 for whatever reason, it obviously looks better than 5-11. and 11. They played better. I, you know, the defense played well. They had some silly turnovers uh, we can talk about here in a bit, but overall, the product looked good. It, it just Daniel Jones looked, you know, markedly better. Uh, his, his running was, eh, 
I, I know he tried to run, but it, it didn't work. I don't think the giant, the Cowboys were fooled by him saying, I'm going to play from the pocket because they blew up every run play that he was on the RPO. So I, it was very, very important for them to go out uh, this season on a winning note. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And let, let's break down the game a little bit. Um, you know, let, let's go back to forward because <laughs> I mean, the Giants get get the game clinching interception. Now we need to talk about Xavier McKinney because this is a guy who was hurt the first ten games. He was slow to acclimate. They brought him along slowly. I mean, right now, if Xavier McKinney is a stock, you're buying him, right? And the fact that Jabril yeah. Peppers, Logan Ryan, and McKinney are your three headed safety. Um, I predict those guys next year will be on the field 100% of the time. Uh, McKinney with that interception, after getting an interception that was nullified by a Darnay Holmes hold, McKinney is somebody you're building around now, right? Yeah, he he looked really good. He played. He, he had a couple of nice splash plays, too, on some, some bubble screens, and he was very, very active. It looks yep. like he's a lot more comfortable than he has been. I'll tell you who else I thought played a nice game is Julian Love. I don't I, I know he's kind of a hybrid corner safety, but that's a that's a very good piece if you can have a guy like him that can fit in and play some corner and safety. So that was good to see. Yeah, Julian Love showed you why he is not a corner because he can't catch the ball. Yeah. And he yeah. showed you why he is he is now a safety because he is a really good tackler. So, yes, he is a hybrid, and that's another guy to add into the equation. Mm-hmm. Versatility, right? Versa- Jabril Peppers is versatile. Logan Ryan is versatile. McKinney, they drafted him because he can play slot corner. He's versatile. Julian Love may be a little less versatile, but he can play some corner, and he can play safety. Now you have the Patrick Graham wheels turning for 2021. That's a good thing. So Joe Judge said on that last play, he saw that um, Leonard Williams had pressure. Look, Leonard Williams was a monster. Yeah. Uh, what did he make? Two, three million on that game yesterday? Two, three uh, million? The average per year? I mean, you talk about a a, a D tackles type going into the offseason with 11 and a half sacks. He's the next guy up. And I always say the next guy up gets paid the most. I mean, he's going to be in Aaron Donald territory. I'm sorry. That's they're going to have to pay current market value for him. Okay. Um, now, John Mara and Dave Gettleman just, if they're listening to this, they just they threw are. something when you just said a- Aaron sorry. Donald territory. Well, it's okay? the same reason all these you're, other you're, you're pre- get all this money, like Jared Goff. I mean, he was the next guy up, right? So the next guy up always gets the most money. Leonard Williams is back the truck up, baby. He's going to get everything. I hope he takes somewhat of a discount because I did read comments where he's very thankful and he wanted to prove Dave Gettleman yep. right for, for trusting him. And so we'll see. Yeah, it, it's uh, uh, you know, you're pretty free uh, spending other people's money, Lawrence, but that, that's am. okay. Yes. They they look, look, and Leonard Williams said after the game, Dave Gettleman took a chance on me and I'm happy that I could prove that that chance was correct. So that's a nice feather in Dave Gettleman's pack. So the Giants get the ball back in this interception. The game is over. It's really over when G- Wayne Goldman runs for eight yards for the first down. And then what was the feeling? It, what came out of your mouth? What utterance <laughs> did you say when Wayne Goldman, who who is has the first down, now they just have to take in the literally drops the football? I said what everyone else said. Oh, I mean, I was in my house. I think they, my, oh, I, I, I know, And you just bringing in the into the gutter? What are you We got beat buttons. I think my 13-year-old said the same thing in unison with me. And I just couldn't believe that happened. I was like, this would only happen to the Giants. Thankfully, we recovered it. I thought for sure he lost it. What the hell was he doing? Wayne Goldman is a very sweet guy. He's really a sweet guy. I mean, he's a good player. He's a really a nice guy. Wayne Goldman, I mean, God bless him. He said, I had the opportunity 
opportunity to break and pretty much take it to the one yard line. Now, you know, then he was going to like lay down. First of all, he did not have an opportunity to take that ball to the one yard line. It was it was on the 39 yard line. And then he said, you know, I have to go down. I get it. And he said, I'm sorry I caused drama. It was a very funny line. And uh, Logan Ryan said, I wanted to slap Wayne in the back of the head. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's I mean, what it, I wanted was, to do. Because yeah. he had the fumble earlier in the game, too. Um, I don't know who that was on. I don't know how the mesh point works with quarterback running back. But, yeah, it was nice to see that them finish the game like that and not have to punt it to him. And then I thought Daniel Jones played good. Uh, you know, he has, still hasn't had a great game yet, but I thought he played good. And, you know, the silly interception off Evan Ingram, that was stupid. You got to catch the ball. Sorry. You know, he's been a guest of the show. We love him. He's a nice guy, but you got to catch that ball. Yeah, and, and he had a, a, a one uh, earlier, uh, later in the game that went through his hands. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah th- 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 this is the thing. Look, Evan Ingram's coming back. Uh, he's got a fifth-year option. I think it's about $6 million. I mean, I, I don't that's foresee a, That's a lot them. of money. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of resources for a guy who caught whatever, whatever 70 passes for 700 yards or 600 yards. I mean, I, I don't know. I, that could go either way. We'll, we'll yeah. get into that down the road we'll see yeah we'll see but if he comes back uh uh joe judge this is going to be a real a real you know laboratory thing to break down evan ingram bring him back up i mean he does some nice things but his inability to adjust to a football quickly in the air is really troubling i mean like i said we said before at sometimes he seems surprised that he is an eligible receiver and that is um, (laughs) that's a really good that's a that's i think that's the greatest way i've heard it described he he looks so surprised when he comes out of his break oh shnikes the football's on me and that one daniel jones (laughs) If we go back and think about Daniel Jones' season, we have to take into consideration at least four of those interceptions. I could be hot wrong. Are not on Daniel Jones at all. None of them. Well, he well, finally finished. You know, he, he nudged ahead Daniel Jones. He finished with 11 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Um, you know, Will, probably, Will in the next probably segment. probably more it, it, like 11 and 5 if you really dissect it. 11 and 6. Daniel? Yeah, he, he he was not real loose at the ball, other than the, the two against the Bucks early in the season, and that oh, yeah. kind of as that game was was you know Giants won their game and the Eagles looked like they could win their game. I'm thinking, you know what, the Giants have a shot at the Bucks, a shot. They're not going to be did. favored if the weather stinks, if it's cold. Now they have a, a pass rush with Leonard Williams. You know, uh, maybe it's a crappy game, and 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 Tom Brady, and they're all pissed off to come into. The MetLife said they had a shot. I mean, maybe yeah. not a good shot. They had a shot, but you know, I don't know how much we need to talk about that. That'll well, just well. Fackrell, Fackrell gave them a little spark yesterday, wouldn't you agree? Fackrell coming back, I thought he gave them a little bit of pressure. Yeah, I mean, Fackrell was a good signing when he was healthy. You know, mm-hmm. he finished with a decent amount of sacks. Yeah, there, there's no question about it. You know, these guys talked about it. I, I a Sterling Shepard, I thought was really good. Uh, first of all. Um, I asked him directly after the game, are you going to be um, rooting for the Eagles? Obviously you are. You know, you have like an Eagles hat. You're going to put that on. He, Sterling laughed and he said, now, do you believe it? Sterling Shepard is the longest tenure Giants player. Yeah, I know. It's, it's It seems wild. like he just got here. It seems like he yeah. just got here. He 2016, nobody is fantastic. He's been, been fantastic down the stretch yeah. here. We tend to, and, and fans do tend to talk about it. I think it's society. What people aren't, right, Lawrence? Yeah. He is not a number one. Okay, that's not what he is. He's a heck of a player. He can play. There's, He's there's a 31 tough other son of a gun. There's 31 other teams that would like to have him. That's all you need to know. He's he, a he's tough a, guy in the slot. I like how he talks. He puts his shoulders down. Yeah, he talks smack to DB. Yeah, he he gets in your faces. You know, he looked yeah. quicker this year. He looked quicker than he's ever looked to me. 
I don't know if that's true or not, but he just looked really fast and quick out of his breaks. But he's a good player. Let's talk about this McCarthy no challenge. It was a tough challenge, and I don't know that they would have won it. But that and Graham Gano, shout out to him, friend of the show, 30 in a row, franchise record. And that was a big kick, but they really shouldn't have ever had that opportunity. That was not a catch. Well, what was it? I think 11, uh, was it 11 yards? So it um, was, yeah, it would have made a 50-yard 50, yeah. 50, uh, 50 field goal, a 61-yard field goal. I don't think they're attempting that. Um, nope. McCarthy said after the game, uh, we didn't get good intel that it was going to be, um, that it was going to be overturned, um, even though I think Mike Pereira on the broadcast said, if you challenge that, you will win. Uh, you know, now that's these guys been, sometimes say that, and it's before. not true. Yeah. Yes, they've all they're all they're all been wrong. They look at what they see, and then uh, you know, NFL office beeps down with something that's that's sometimes mind boggling because it, it goes against what your eyes see. But um, you know, McCarthy is that was not great. That was not a great look. I don't think um, the Cowboys played well. Uh, Randy Gregory. Oh, by the way, he just committed another personal foul while we were you know in a, in a pause <laughs> here. They were undisciplined. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, I think he needed like 60-something yards to get 1,000. You assume he's going to get it. Logan Ryan mentioned that, Lawrence. He said, Zeke didn't get his 1,000 yards. You know, these players, they know everything. They yeah. That's incentive, right? We held him under 1,000 yards, and, uh, you know, he doesn't look right. The Giants are a better team than the Cowboys, and um, they probably should have won the first time they played them, and yeah. um, they definitely deserve to win this game. Yeah. The arrow is pointing up. Let's just call it what it is. They're, they weren't good enough, and we would have all loved to see them play one more week and me included because we love watching the Giants play and and I love for me this year watching the improvement you could see it and feel it on this football team was kind of fun I know the record was six and ten but I am very very pleased with this coaching staff and we'll see who we get to keep and who we get rid of and all those things later in the year but I thought it was a, a pretty good year for this football team and a weird year and to play 16 games was uh, an accomplishment in itself and the Giants have some pieces that you can build around and consistently get to the playoffs. We just have to see what those are in the offseason. A couple things you guys didn't address quick. One, Jordan Lewis, that joke of a headbutt, I mean, was a disgrace um, in a game that mattered oh, a lot. What is he doing? Yeah, I mean, that was just embarrassing. You mentioned the broadcast. Mike Pereira's wrong. I don't know about you guys. Troy Aikman's the biggest homer I've ever heard. I mean, why is he, he keeps is. he keeps doing Cowboys games with Joe Buck? I mean, they were all over the Cowboys. Yeah. Even, the even the fumble with Gallman. The replay clearly showed he was on the ball. He had it. Originally, we all thought Gallman fumbled it, but the replay clearly showed, and they were still siding with the Cowboys. I mean, they got to do something about Aikman and Buck doing Cowboys games because it's it's an every-year thing, and this was very clear. They said, you know, this game doesn't mean much, but Aikman said before the game, well, if the Cowboys win, they could really be a threat in the playoffs. Well, of course you're going to say that. You're you're a homer. Well, yeah. you, you know what, you know what though, Jake? I'm not going to argue with what you said, but the NFL doesn't care about this because if you're riled up about it, right, as a, you say – Okay, we got the Giants Cowboy game this week, or you got the Eagles Cowboy game this week. Who's on it? Up, oh, Aikman and Buck. And you're all riled up. Now you're tuning in to say, I want to see what that guy says about the Cowboys. He's a homer. Yeah. The NFL loves that stuff. You know what the NFL hates? The NFL hates is when Jake Brown or Lawrence Tynes or Sarah McCrory say, uh, 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 the game is on this week. Who are the announcers? Nah, I don't care. I don't care. You know what I mean? They, they but that just has want some you to Giants watch. fans tuning in to Carl Banks and Bob Papa, which we love. We love Bob and Carl. But some of them mute, mute the game when Aikman is on. So there's two sides of that. Some people hate them so much, they'll mute it and have the old radio on because Bob and Carl are awesome. Some people, some people. But, you know, the ratings are still good. And 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 the announcer thing is great because I, I know Joe Buck has said this before. He said, 
Who hates me? Every team that I do their game, that team's fans think that I hate their team. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I don't think Joe Buck cares. I, I don't really think he cares. Aikman, you know, has lives in a beautiful house and is in the Hall of Fame because he played for the Cowboys. So, uh, you know, does he lean towards the Cowboys? I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. You guys also didn't mention Lawrence's prediction last week about Daniel Jones. Is it correct? I mean, he was running a little bit. He didn't look great, but he was still running. So maybe he did lie to all of us. They did. He did. We well, don't believe that, Paul. Uh, he clearly lied. Gamesmanship. Well, you know, I just, I just, I, I just look at babyface Daniel, and I can't foresee him lying at about anything. I certainly can't picture him using the foul language that you used, you used on this podcast. You know, but as far as far as lying, now he was asked directly about that. Daniel, you said that you weren't going to run, and you ran the ball nine times, and he laughed. He actually laughed and said, "Well, when I talked to you guys, that was Wednesday, Told and you. that's what I was thinking on Wednesday, and I felt better by Sunday." You know. It, that's a mixed bag because he ran very poorly. Uh, now, now don't forget, he did not run at all against the Cowboys the first time they played. And that was schematic because the yeah. Cowboys are a fast flow defense. And I don't think they thought, you know, he ran, he ran at will against the Eagles. He did not run at all against the Cowboys. So I don't think, I mean, there were some designed runs in this game, but you know, every run he took off the, the 11 yard run he had was on what a third and 18 or something. So if you take that out, I mean, he, he didn't average anything. Uh, he didn't look like himself. He didn't look very athletic, but they did try to run. So there they might did. have been some games there, some, some. I Maybe mean, come lot, on. You just don't want to give your boy Tynesy any credit, Paul. That was a 100% BS press conference where he was coached up. Hey, Daniel, go in there. Act like you can't run. We're going to put in some RPOs. Nine runs? That's. I mean, Gallman had 11 carries. Daniel Jones was a freaking running back on Sunday. I mean, he didn't have any yardage well, uh, to show for it. But are you saying that the 23-year-old running back can can outsmart a savvy veteran reporter like me? Is that what you're he saying? Actually, you, Paul, I think he got all of you because the poker face. And you know, you said uh, I forget the word you used when he was at the presser. What did you say? Do- gloomy? What's the? I don't know. You called it something. Oh yeah, no, yeah. He looked. He looked. He looked. Oh, I can't run. I'm hang dog. I can't yeah, run. Hang dog. I have That's to throw from. You called hang, hang dog. dog. I have to throw from the. Park. Oh, yeah. woe is me. Woe is me. Woe is me. Yeah. Uh, look, Daniel, he needed this. He needed to win a game. Like you said, he didn't light it up. What he put on tape in that game is not good enough, but it, it, they won the game. He needed to win. You know, this guy This guy doesn't win a lot of games. He needed to f- no. beat the Cowboys. Uh, you know, Sterling Shepard mentioned it after the game. I asked him about beating the Cowboys. You know, don't forget, he's from, you know, Oklahoma. You know, he's from yeah. Texas. He played at Oklahoma. Uh, he said, since my rookie year, I was super tired of that losing to the Cowboys. And he admitted going into the game, it was on his mind. Man, it's been a while since we beat the Cowboys. It's about time for us to get a W. And he said at the end of the game, at the interception, then when Wayne fumbled, he was actually thinking, man, let's finish this out and beat the Cowboys finally. So um, I asked Joe Judge about that after the game. You know, did anyone kind of tell you ownership or front office, man, thank you for beating the Cowboys? He wouldn't go that far. But he said there was a lot of high-fiving and hugs in the locker room. And then he paused and said social distance hugs. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> you know, Lawrence, yeah. beating the Cowboys is important for this franchise. It is. It is. It is. And um I thought Daniel Jones played better than the numbers show due to a couple drops. He, you know, he he lost his uh, deep passing accuracy as the season went on. And why? Because the weather gets colder. It gets harder to throw those balls. And then Slayton, I, to your point, I would love to see if he's going to have a, a surgery in the offseason. I think he is hurt. 
I watched him, and he just doesn't look as dynamic as he did earlier in the year, which everyone's hurt. But if he has a surgery, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I think there's something to that. And if they get a number one receiver, I wouldn't be surprised if Darius Slayton's production when healthy goes up because yeah. he doesn't need the other team's defense rolling their coverage to him. He's not that kind of receiver. But if they're not rolling the coverage to him and he gets to run against the number two cornerback on the team every week, you probably have something with Darius Slayton. With I'm not Shepard, throw with his- Shepard in the, as a true flat and a, God, I don't want to say this, but I mean, they really need to look at the veteran tight end market. I'm sorry. You need, and we'll talk about this later, but they, they just need a seven, eight, nine, ten yards in a cloud of dust. The, the guy who sticks it, Logan Thomas for Washington. Yeah, what a find. Like, a, you know, Logan Thomas doesn't take the top off your defense, but what a huge target. Touchdown catch last night. Caden Smith needs more targets, but he's a great blocker. You need to find someone there, too. This offense, all the resources need to go on on offense, and then you need a defensive end. The defense, I think, is fine. with a, If you can go corner maybe in the draft, you do that early, but we're getting ahead of ourselves here on the next show. We're going to not have anything to talk Logan about. Logan Thomas was with the Giants several years ago as a quarterback Ooh. in training camp, okay? That imagine that he was a quarterback in college. He was a quarterback in uh, the Giants camp, and uh, he he's hurt the Giants when he played them, and he uh, hurt the Giants against the Eagles in that game that uh, knocked the Giants out. The Giants finished four and two in the division, right? Four and yep. two in the division. That is a big step up. Swept Washington, who won the division, and as we said, took revenge on the Eagles by beating them after losing the first time, and then the Cowboys by beating them after losing for the first time. So that is another good feather in Joe Judge's cap that he took care of business. They were one and seven in the first half of the year, five and three in the second half. Progress, right? Absolutely progress. And a lot of progress. A lot of progress, a lot to be, you know, proud of internally. And the fan base should be optimistic going into next year. We all know we need to see more from Daniel Jones. But um we'll see what they do in the offseason. It's going to be interesting with with the resources, the cap who's coming, who's going. Defensively, you know, is not our – we need to find some offensive playmakers, and I think that'll be their number one goal this offseason. And you guys could talk about that Thursday, of course, as well. But, I mean, a lot a lot of people, a lot of fans, you know, when they say, you know, we can't be mad about what happened with the Eagles, they'll look back at all those close four-point loss to the Bears, eight to the Rams, three to the Cowboys, two-point loss to the Bucks, one-point loss to the Eagles, uh, a lot of close games in there. Uh, that fans are going to look back on. Yes, no question. Look, we all know Evan Ingram, the ball goes through his hands in that first Eagles game. The Giants blow a lead. Uh, that game and the Bucks game, to me, really resonate. Uh, look, they had a chance. The Bears were not a good team in week two. The Giants are coming down a field. All they need to do is stick the ball in the end zone. They're right there in the red zone. They beat the Bears. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think looking back at this, and Logan Ryan said it yesterday, you know, I saw comments from him after the game that he thinks they're the best team in the division, but he said, we were 6-10 and 10 and I can't cry about not making the playoffs. Nobody can cry about not making the playoffs at 6-10. and 10. Even the games they won were, were right down to the edge. They could have lost those games. So the Giants sort of got what they deserved. You know, 6-10 and 10 has never made the playoffs, and now it still has never made the playoffs. It's something to push the Giants forward into 2021. You know, them not being in the playoffs is not the greatest injustice in the history of civilization. Not really. Listen, there's no – everyone knows it's the off. The offense has to score. This is the last three seasons. Points scored offensively. 
369 and 18, 341 and 19, 280 points in 2020. That's 80 points less. You think that could have helped them get in the playoffs from previous regimes? I think so. That's where they're going to have to That's spend what, money. That is, exact, that is exactly why they're not in the playoffs. And one yep. guy will mention him later in the week, but we need to. you can't do a podcast and talk about how bad the Giants were on offense without mentioning Saquon Barkley, who essentially, not essentially, he played six quarters this year. If yep. he comes back healthy, you mentioned playmakers. Look, That's one. say what you want about picking up two. He's a playmaker. He's a really good playmaker. If he comes back healthy, the offense is different. It's just different. With Daniel Jones turns around and hands the ball or pitches it or throws it to Saquon Barkley, the offense is different. Um, not that they've been a great defense with Saquon, but he it's he's a difference maker. And um, we just have to always and, – and they Giants will remember that and everything they do this offseason, that we're getting Saquon back and now we need to build around him. Thursday we will look ahead and – We'll talk coaches, everything. We'll talk what Joe Judge. We'll talk about coordinators because Jason Carrot, a lot of people aren't, you know, in love with him coming back as the offensive coordinator as well. So we'll we'll put the icing on the cake and we'll look at it to the offseason, some of the free agent targets and guys they should get. But one final time here on Blue Rush coming up next, it's a final installment of Tyne's Take. If you're pissed off about last night's Eagles-Washington football team game, you should be. Not only if you're a Giants fan, just a football fan in general. The integrity of the game was called into question last night by not only Giants fans, Eagles fans, Eagles former players, Hall of Famers, Seth Joyner, and all of football-loving America. It was a disgrace. It hurts the Giants more because we were personally vested in seeing our team maybe get into the playoffs with an Eagles win. But it takes me back to 2007 regular season finale where we're playing the Patriots. The Patriots are going for 16-0, and we had nothing to gain by playing them. And sure, it's a little bit different story. We're already in the playoffs, but you risk injury, you risk everything when you put your starters out there to play against a football team going for 16-0, and Tom Coughlin would have none of it. We played our starters. We lost by three. America got a show. It was an unbelievable game, one of the greatest games I've ever been a part of, covered by two or three different networks. But the integrity of the game is what's most important. And when you put on a helmet and they turn the scoreboard on, there's a winner and a loser. You're trying to win. And so I am so thankful for that opportunity that Coach Coughlin gave us back then because after watching what happened last night, it makes me know that I'm playing for the right guy and the Eagles are not. That guy shouldn't coach another game in the NFL as a head coach. Moving on to the football team, the Giants have really created a culture that we can get behind finally after five, six years of, of bad football and be optimistic about. Joe Judge is the right guy. We have the right players in the building. But most importantly, the culture has been changed. That breeds winning, and that's what this team can can do moving forward. Sure, we have holes we need to fill, and Daniel Jones is probably still a question mark in terms of long-term, is he the franchise quarterback? But overall, if you're a Giants fan, we have to be really, really optimistic about 2021 and where this team can go. And I'm really looking forward to seeing the Giants in 2021. <music> That says cheerio to episode 64, the Jim Burr edition of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Sarah McCrory for producing the show. Catch up on all episodes of Blue Rush by subscribing on Apple Podcasts. Give us that wee five-star rating and write in a very nice review, please. For Paulie Schwartz, I'm Lawrence Tynes. We return to your lugs one last time Thursday for our season finale podcast with a very special guest. Happy New Year and stay safe. A unicorn pooping, crotch grabbing, throwing dollar bills.